0: Wendy, lovely to have you in studio with us again and uh, looking Good forward to, to chatting. A reminder, as always, if you want to join the Consumer Conversation, the WhatsApp uh, line is 0725671567 and you can call us on 0214460567. As I mentioned, we're going to update you on last week's show before we move into the new topic, which is around the payment of school deposits and their processing if you change your mind. And then I hope we'll have time for a few other uh, general consumer issues later in the show. But before we do any of that here is the good news: the the hostage dishwasher has been set free and uh, returned to owner. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, you clearly weren't listening last week. Uh, just to to fill you in, our listener Mary Nicholson told us last week how an appliance repairman from Repair Centre had come to assess her faulty Bosch dishwasher, quoted her for the repair. And taken the machine away with him, only to then turn around and suddenly demand a much higher payment than the price that she had agreed to. And at the time we went to air last week, Miles from Repair Centre was still holding on to her machine. And uh, Mary had told him she wasn't prepared to pay the higher price. She wanted a dishwasher back, but it hadn't been returned. Wendy, Miles must have felt the pressure last week because I gather the appliance is safely back home with Mary.
1: Absolutely. I wasn't holding out much hope. He, When I was sort of pushing him, he committed to next Tuesday um which would have been yesterday yesterday mm-hmm. exactly and um on Friday, Mary let me know that uh, it, the dishwasher was back. She says it was filthy, but it's back. She wasn't sure at that stage whether anything had been stripped out of it because that's the danger in some of these cases. I've yeah. covered every scenario you can imagine. Um, but she said, now, we will be um, attempting to get it repaired now, but we'll be a lot more cautious about how we go about it. I did ask Mary to come on air and uh, tell us uh, a bit about that re- you know, return of the dishwasher story, but... Um, it's her birthday today and she's celebrating with her family. So happy birthday, Mary. That's happy our birthday. present to you. <laughs> <laughs> Your dishwasher,
0: which isn't working yet for yes. the record. So it's been returned unrepaired. No, of course, yes. But at least it's back where, where it belongs. And as you say, fingers crossed that there are no parts missing inside, she, which is the risk. And
1: they didn't actually pay for the repair in the end because they didn't accept it. They, they paid 200 Rand for him to,
0: to take, take it, it away, away and bring it back 38 uh, days later. Okay, five so weeks. 200 yeah. grand out of pocket and more than a month of stress and anxiety, Yes, um, uh, which you can't put a, a price on. But uh, there we go. At least it is home. And just, Wendy, just to reemphasize again what we said last week, the, the two big flags in the story that we want to just keep on hammering home. One was how Mary found and engaged with Repair Centre. She Googled Bosch. She found a listing for repair Bosch center,, repairs, I think it yeah, was Bosch used. repairs. and that that website didn't have a physical address, didn't have a contact number. The only way to engage with them was through an online form. And that should be, Always a big red flag because Wendy, what it meant was that it left her with only eventually Miles' cell phone number as a way of contacting them. And with, them. you
1: know, prepaid sims, you can drop that anytime, anytime you want. And actually yeah. he had stopped taking her calls because she was getting more, you can imagine, as the weeks went by.
0: More and more erratic. yeah. And then he
1: stopped taking her calls in the end. So, you know, you left, he, dishwasher went goodness knows where. We still will never still know. Don't know where it was, yeah. Came back filthy. But came back. And I think for a lot of people, the come back part doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. So al- always, always be cautious if it's a site with no physical address and no contact number. And then secondly, the big red flag was the fact that he wanted to take it away at all. Uh, for those who missed last week, Margaret Hirsch, the CEO of Hirsch's Retailers, told us that in 99.9% of, of these cases, repairs can be done on site in your home. If Washing somebody is jeans, telling you fridges. they need to take it away you need to ask very carefully why they want to take and, it yeah, away. Yeah, in
1: all but about 1% of cases, there is no valid reason. Okay. Um, so there's, the, the reason is, is is um they will be up to no good with that machine in most cases.
0: Yeah. Okay, so a hard-learned lesson for Mary, but in the end, the machine is back and uh, hopefully she can find a reputable supplier <laughs> to fix it for her this time around. Wendy, thank you very much for, for the follow-up on that case. No, pleasure. Okay, now our next topic is also something of repeat because it's an issue we've spoken about before and it's an issue that recurs every single year, Wendy, because every year there is a new round of children applying for places in schools or rather their parents applying on Mm -hmm. their behalf. And it's the question of schools charging non-refundable deposits to secure a place for your child.
1: Or whatever they choose to call it, a fee Mm. or whatever. It's essentially um, being made to pay to secure your child's place in the school. Obviously, schools are wanting to protect themselves from parents holding multiple spaces open for their child at different schools and then only committing to one at the very last minute, which is not fair. And it has all sorts of uh, ramifications for them that are not pleasant and can cost them money. But even so, um, they cannot blatantly ignore what the law says around refunds.
0: Okay and before we get to the details of what the law says Wendy important to clarify here government schools are not allowed to charge placement deposits at all.
1: At, exactly so Today's case study is, is is a private school, not a government one, but the South African Schools Act prohibits the charging of of placement, deposit fees, whatever they want to call it. Um, we do have from time to time of a few trying to get away with it. I, had, I took up a case very recently of a, a school in Westville and KZN that had yeah. done that. Um, but we do mostly um, get complaints about private schools. And in that case, the... Pre- the Consumer Protection Act is very clear um, that the very concept of a non-refundable deposit is legally unjustifiable. Um, not that you can never refuse to refund a deposit, but it has to be, it cannot be a blanket policy that even if you paid today and canceled tomorrow, you're not going to get a cent back because that should offend most people's sense of justice. Yeah. That, that can't be right. That is is—that is firmly in the realm of enrichment because they can't claim to have suffered I- any loss. It, over, or incurred major one. work on your behalf or admin yeah. or anything else. Yeah. As
0: you said, I mean, rightfully so. If the school, fine, there are stationary costs incurred in rolling off new application forms for a second set of applicants. Not they even are, that, I suppose. I mean, it's yeah, online. It's all online these yeah. days. I'm just trying to think of justifiable expenses. Maybe, if somebody maybe. has spent their admin time mm. working on your application, by all means factor in um a degree of fee for that, but but saying sorry, your whole multiple thousands of rand's worth of deposit is gone, no,
1: no matter what the circumstances, no matter the timing.
0: Yeah, once you pay okay. it,
1: it's gone. That that is not um, legally uh,
0: justifiable. It's what you would call undue enrichment, I know, yes. Wendy. Okay, yes. so let's take a look at um, and and just to sorry, just to say before we take a look at this case study, that Wendy, in the course of investigating these cases for us previously, w- we've looked at the education department, we've spoken with the Ombud for consumer goods and yes. services. There is no ifs or buts about it. It is absolutely crystal clear that schools do not have the right to impose this blanket non-refundable and deposit.
1: It's, it's, it's become the norm in so many schools. It's a form of,
0: of fundraising, but it's not, not a legitimate not one. Okay, right. so let's take it. I mean, this week's case study is a particularly irksome form because it's a quite extreme case of of, of a non-refundable deposit. Tell us about Ziad's case. Okay,
1: so Ziad applied at a private school, uh, Cape Town Star College, for a place for his daughter in grade eight next year, 2024. And he was told that he needed to pay the school 5,000 rand to secure her place, which he did. That was in mid June June just a week later seven days a sudden financial crisis made him realize that he was not going to be in a position to afford the private school fees next year and beyond so he emailed the school and he went to send to see the principal he told me who said the trust would look at refunding him he says but when I got back to the school about that I was told that the fee
0: is non-refundable so five thousand rand and literally seven days later, sorry, we're keeping all of it. You cannot yes. have a cent back.
1: And bear in mind, this is six
0: full months before the,
1: the start of the school. Yes. Yeah. It's not like it
0: was a week before school no. started or the day before term started. Okay, so with plenty of lead time. Um, and Wendy, you then stepped in and approached the school uh, and, and took up the case for him earlier this month. Tell us what happened.
1: So... I did that. I emailed the, the, the bursar because uh, Ziad had been corresponding with with a woman, so I had her details. She said, well, there was no reply for uh, probably a week or quite a number of days. So I went back and said, please, could you respond? Okay, the principal will be discussing the issue at the school's trust meeting, which was held last Tuesday. And then she got back to me to say, actually it was an email to Ziad copied to me to say, your fee will be refunded. Please give banking details. So I went back to her, and uh, uh, you know, Ziad was obviously delighted. Yeah. Um, as one would be in any case, but certainly in the case if you have suddenly had a financial uh, 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 bad news in terms of your financial situation. But I went back to to, to the person to say, has the school resolved to revise its blanket no v- refund policy on deposits? The school. May withhold such deposits, for example, in the case of last-minute cancellations, but it cannot be a blanket no-refund policy. Um, And she got... And I didn't hear. And then I went back to her, and she said, "I've had no response from the principal." And so that's where we. Have so to they've leave it.
0: conceded in Ziad's case, yes. but there's no commitment from the school no. that they'll change the policy. No. so which so is disappointing. It when is you, disappointing yeah. to say
1: the least. But what I would say, and and they're by no means the only school that does such things. So, just to spread, we do this to spread the word that, yes, obviously there are cases. The school, it's not fair for a school to be out of pocket unless and left not being able to fill a, a, a place. But as um, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman, Machata um, Basile, who's now the ex-ombud, um, yeah. recently, uh, she said many times um, that you know there's there's absolutely no case to be made for a blanket blanket policy on this. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, but it is widespread, right and I think the message is that we should question it. You should challenge it. You shouldn't just accept it. Every case that I've taken up, and there have been many, the person, the parent, has been refunded, which will tell you something. Because uh, I would never push for somebody is school to do something or any business that's not justified.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, including my own case study with Wits University last oh, yes, year, when, right, when exactly the same thing, yes. when there was a policy of, sorry, the, the deposits are non-refundable. And um, you when you push them on it, they too concede And
1: I'm quite sure they all keep those policies. And just when there's pushback,
0: they, um, they and and they and, then and, and
1: yeah. well, you push back with a bit of media power behind it, and then it you know the, the refund happens, and they just carry on. So the answer is, I'm always, I will always take on these cases. If you're in such a situation, just let us know, and we'll do what we can. Yeah. But uh, it's 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 not okay, you know, to. To withhold thousands of rand for no good reason. It's just enrichment and it's not its not okay. It's not justified. It's not legal.
0: You've just reminded me, I'm really, need to go back and check whether the policy has been changed at Fitzwendy yes, after our story last week. Maybe we must just double mm. check on that. Mm. Okay. Uh, so a few people commenting on the WhatsApp line here. Anonymous saying this registration fee at public schools is totally illegal. Uh, But even so, the staff are paid to do the application. It's in the cost of a school's admin costs. Parents should not bear the responsibility to cover an admin application and the paper in time to go through applications. That's that person's view. That's valid.
1: But, um, you know, the schools are regarded as service providers in terms of the CPA just as any other. And and there is um, some justification for if there's been a genuine um, expense Time-wise, um, hard copy, paper, whatever the rest may be, um, the Ombuds the will say that it is justified to cover that to a small extent. But it can't be a thumbs They actually have to justify it. And if it's just something outrageous, then you push back and
0: say, no, that's not okay. My no. thing is just be fair to both sides absolutely I I just I also want to jump in and say that I'm not for a second suggesting it's okay to leave your child double triple quadruple parked you're holding up spaces other children are waiting for you're causing unnecessary anxiety make the decision commit pay the deposits that are needed and move on Um, but 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 so nobody's trying to say that, that the parents are always blameless.
1: Absolutely. I and mean, We don't automatically side with yeah. the
0: consumer in every case. The but but a case like this, and there are a lot of them. With six months to go and yes. knowing what the demand is like for places on waiting lists, I very much doubt they haven't been able to exactly. fill that spot with another child mm. six months in advance. it so, can't be a form yeah. of,
1: of, of raising school funds. That's
0: that's really okay, the bottom That's line. the bottom line. Thank yeah. you. So please do keep us knowing. Um, uh, about that and um, if you encounter such a request and uh, have difficulty getting a refund in that case please do let us know so that Wendy can keep on pushing on on that one. Okay, um, Wendy, I think we have time before the news to take a quick look at a uh, bit of an epic fail for Cash Crusaders in Observatory. Tell us about our listener Devon Corney's experience. Okay, yes, I was quite
1: horrified to read this, actually, because it's a, it's a established company. It's got you know, franchises all over the country, lots of goods being sold you know, all day long. Um, so this involves Cash Crusaders, uh, the franchise in Observatory. Um, so Dion told me that he bought a Dixon wireless mouse from the store on the 7th of July it worked for just a couple of weeks and then stopped so he took it back he says they tested it in the store and confirmed that it wasn't working but they refused to either replace it or refund me saying that their returns policy was only it only covered goods brought back within 7 days
0: so Uh, it's like CPA what CPA what CPA and how many years has it been now 12 more more than than a decade Yeah. yeah so Yes, he uh,
1: pointed out to them he knew exactly what the Consumer Protection Act allows for, and that is that a consumer can return a faulty product to a store within six months of purchase for their choice, the consumer's choice of a refund, replacement, or repair. In this case, the branch could easily have replaced the mouse. And Dion said he asked all he wanted. He wasn't asking for his money back. He could see they had a lot of stock. This one doesn't work. It's been two weeks or whatever. Give me another. No, you can do what you want, they pretty much said to him. Um, not taking his CPA um, uh, argument argument yeah. at all. He said it was only 89 Rand, but that, the mouse that is, but that is beside the point. I was, I am extremely angry that I've been treated with complete arrogance by the staff. He says, I, I phoned their head office and I got the same attitude and response. And I said, Can you elaborate? And he said, Yes, they told me the returns policy is limited to seven days. So that's why I thought office. I have to take this up yeah. because. Not uh, just an individual company, branch, but head office yeah, policy. A company said. with this platform in the retail market um, saying that's, that.
0: That's a flagrant contravention of the CPA. But
1: I was also sort of then thinking, why have I not been inundated with complaints of this nature? Anyway, it turns out this is a very uh, curious case. I, I took it up with the uh, Cash Crusaders CEO, Jonathan Muller, who came back to me very promptly. With a great response, I have to say, he said, I must apologize for the service our customer experienced from this specific store. The product in question and all our other brand new Dixon products are sold with a 12-month warranty, clearly stated on our website and on our point-of-sale system and on the till slip. I don't know how that didn't come into the discussion with um, Devin. But in any event, um, the CEO continued, we strive to ensure that our customers are served well in our stores. Unfortunately, in this case, the staff member, well, it was actually members, did not follow process. Uh, The store in question would simply have been able to refund or replace the item. Uh, The staff member's conduct is inexplicable under the circumstances, and we are addressing it with the franchisee concerned. He didn't say anything about what happened at a head office level, but the... Good news is that the mass, um, uh, the CEO says, the mass was refunded yesterday afternoon, and the franchisee will also contact the customer today. So obviously, the
0: mass was refunded. I'm uh, picturing a kilogram of cheese <laughs> arriving. <laughs> <in the UK. laughs> <laughs> um, so
1: he obviously went for the refund rather than exchange at that point to Devon. And so I checked. Well, I didn't have to check with Devin. I'm, I'm not quite sure what happened. But anyway, he told me that, yes, head office came back to me, apologized for the behavior of the staff at the store, asked me to please return the item and collect a refund if I wished, which I did. Then this morning, so this was the end of last week, the owner of the store called me to personally apologize for the treatment I'd received from the staff and said that they will be receiving additional training today to address the issues. And plus... They said, if I return to the store, you will give me a 200 rand discount on any purchase I might make. All of this was more than I expected, said Devon, and it's greatly appreciated. But it's unfortunate that it needed to come to this and that the staff and management at so many retail suppliers seem totally unaware of the legislation governing the sale and return of goods and to that I have to say yeah heartily agree um, although Devon says I generally am not one to complain I am pleased that I took this up with you and it went further because as a result of my and your actions the staff at the said cash converters will now be properly trained and hopefully no other customers will experience what I did it's a win-win both for their clients and the reputation I think the reason that service is so often so bad in South Africa is because we are all too accepting of bad service mm. and we don't don't complain enough here, yeah,
0: Devlin. <laughs> <laughs> Channel your inner Karens. No, yes, I'm being silly. In a good way. In a good way. Wendy, the, the thing that worries me is that the, the comment about the seven-day return policy came from head office as well as the branch. And Jonathan, the CEO's response was very neat in repli- replying and addressing the franchisee's behavior. But did he emphatically say to you that that is not correct? Yes, he Because did. the fact that he got it from, from head office is, for me, a and big red flag. the same
1: thing. No, he said it's definitely not correct. It's so not
0: their policy. No. Okay, so there you have it. If a cash crusader tries to tell you they have an in-store policy of seven-day returns and only, what, you can change it. There's this
1: there's the implied CPA warranty, which was at play, be, implied being whether the store knows about it or not. And then there was another six months from the manufacturer. So never mind seven days, There was tw- he had 12 months to get some recourse on that mouse that stopped working within…
0: Okay, weeks. so so doubly unacceptable. Yeah, and was, as you say, if they'd only even looked at their own till slip, they would have seen plenty <laughs> totally, in black and white. What did
1: he, the CEO call it? Say.
0: Inexplicable.
1: Mm. But but the damage that they can do in in with one customer, sabotage any goodwill, and then if they choose to take it up and it's come to us, the the damage that that you know ill advised. And the attitude was just look all well, That that's what it is. Do what you do your worst. You know, I mean, for eighty-nine rand, it suddenly became a very, very. It's a very expensive, expensive. and in terms that's of brand happens, image. and so it should, because mm. it was illegal first of all, but just completely unjustified and for.
0: Kate Talk consumer talk. Yeah. Call now on zero two one double four six zero five six seven. Okay, before we move on to any new open line questions, there are quite a lot of responses on the two subjects we've already discussed in detail, the school deposit issue and then return policies. Let's start with the school uh, deposit issue, Wendy. A couple of people saying... This is happening everywhere. and It's happening in government schools as well as in private schools. You're told by the first school that accepts your child, pay within two to three days or you'll lose the place. And then a week later, other schools come back with offer, but you're now locked in because of a non-refundable deposit. But this is why I'm reading this out. And there is nothing parents can do about it. There is oh, something really. parents can do about it Wendy this what back should to they what David
1: say we don't complain enough Yeah um so if it's a state school we've had a spokesman from the Western Cape Education Department on air saying it's absolutely illegal um reported to the department um they t- it's just like withholding um school reports um if, for if non-payment of fees yeah. Exactly it is Deeply illegal, but but schools do it anyway because their parents think, well, there's nothing we can do about it. It's it, so so push back and push back in the right place. So go in that case to the Western Cape Education Department, and you're welcome to let us know as well because this is a topic that we do at least once a year. Yeah, yeah,
0: Um
1: And in the case of a state school, you can complain to the con, uh, Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman CGSO dot co org. Always get the mix. I think it's co. I'll, Just I'll check Google, Google it quickly. Yeah. Um and and take it up there. CGSO.org.
0: It .org. Z-A, okay, yeah.
1: Thanks for checking. Um but the bottom line is that that you know the, the schools do hold a lot of power in these in these instances. And for that reason I think a lot of parents fall in and think, well, there's nothing they can do about it. But a private school is a service provider like any other in terms of the of the Consumer Protection Act and you most definitely have a right and, and absolutely should push back on that. As I say, we've we've just I don't want to go into the whole thing again, but there, there there are instances where deposits can be retained in full. But the point is, as with any whether you're booking a wedding photographer or a holiday you know, at a guest house or whatever, there there cannot be it is illegal to have a blanket, no refund policy on these upfront pay- payments that one has made to make in order to secure one's child in a school. Yeah. Th- that, is, that is not allowed for. Um, it has become commonplace, and some people don't, parents don't like it, but pay anyway, thinking that they don't have any means of of pushing back. And and really, we do these, these shows to spread the word that actually... You must that, push back. You must yeah. push back. There are other ways to to donate to the school that are legitimate. But this is not, um, these, these placement fees, deposits, whatever the school wants to call them, that is not a legitimate way for them to boost school funds.
0: Okay, thank you for that. And good luck uh, to the person who sent that message. I hope you will um, report to the WCED, the schools that were involved in that case. Now, okay, going back to that um, cash crusaders issue, Joe's asking, could, can, could we presume that that seven-day return policy perhaps only applied to second-hand goods?
1: Well, the goods in question were not second-hand. They were brand new because the okay. stores sell a, a combination of both. And even if you buy second-hand goods, it's not the case that you have either no warranty or a limited one. So instead of getting the full six-month CPA warranty, you'll, you're only entitled to a week because it's second-hand. Absolutely not. What What should happen is that the... Because it follows that some second-hand goods are not going to be perfect in any way, uh, in every way. In some cases, most cases, it'll be an aesthetic thing—a scratch or a scuff or something like that. And uh, the store should point it out ideally and get you to sign for it, so that you can't then come back and say, you know, "I didn't know." I didn't yeah. know this is a problem. But it doesn't follow then that if there is a mechanical breakdown, um, something that renders the product unusable or the, you have limited use of it then the full cpa warranty will apply you have if that if that happens within 6 months of, of sale you you have the same rights of return uh, to ta- as you would if it was a new item only what they have declared up front or what is, what is obvious but you know, I, I always tell people on the selling end to cover yourself, point it out on the paperwork yeah. and get the customer to sign. An so acknowledgement that, that it's an been An acknowledgement pointed out to them. so that yeah. there can't be a dispute later. But as I say, you know, then if there's some kind of you, – you can still fully use a product that's, you know, got a, got a scuff or a scratch. But – if it then breaks down and you can't actually use it, or you have very limited use of it, that is, that they, that's when what the CPA warranty is for, okay. and they can't say sorry for
0: you because it's secondhand. By the way, we had a whole conversation about Footstoots in uh, Legal yes. Talk on Monday, so okay. if you missed it and you're looking for clarity on exactly that issue, great, um, it's it's there on podcast, a 20 minute conversation with Nicoleen Skumanlo on the podcast page. Okay, now here's a good example though, Wendy, of the fact that we need to keep on turning about that six, talking about the six yes. month return policy, and where it does and doesn't apply, because here's a good example of somebody who has not fully understood where it it applies. If I'm reading this correctly, I, I don't think she's in the right. She says, "Am I able to return and claim a refund on a tracksuit that I purchased on the twenty seventh of May and attempted to return?" On the Sunday, the 28th of May, so one day later, Mm -hmm. the shop attendant informed me that their policy was only to grant a voucher. I must confess, there's nothing wrong with the tracksuit. My budget has taken strain. Could I get a refund or is a voucher the best that I can get? So there's nothing wrong with the item. That's very different. This is a classic uh,
1: problem and we discussed it actually a few weeks ago when you were off, Bianca Reznikoff and I discussed this at okay. length almost for the whole hour. The problem is that, and I don't think retailers do enough to help the situation because they don't differentiate via store start signage or on their websites or on till slips. They don't differentiate between the right of return the The right for a customer to return a defective product and the right to return a non-defective product, and then so in the the the, the defective product scenario, the six month CPA warranty is firmly governed by legislation. the A storm has no wriggle room around that. But they don't have to take back a non-defective item at all. But because so many stores do, consumers believe that this is their right, no matter for what reason they want to take something back to store. And so you get this, but I only had it a, a day and I've here are the tags and here's my slip and why won't you give me, I want money back in my hand. Well, you don't have a right to take it back at all in such cases. And if you are offered a voucher or an exchange, that's actually a favor. That's a customer service. It's voluntary. Say thank you. Very few will put money back in your hand. And just to say, finally, given that so many of us are shopping online now, the advantage you have when you buy something online because you can't try it on touch, feel, Check out the color, whatever. Is that you have a seven day cooling off period in which to return the product? The company does have 30 days to refund you. Most do it sooner, but you can't chop up and down and cry foul if you don't have your money um, within a week or whatever. They have 30 days. Okay. And you are required to send it back at your cost. The big guys, like Take a Lot, absorb that cost. Um, but they're a very huge operation, uh, and but most of the others will make sh- pay and legally are entitled to make you pay to send it back. Okay. But they must refund you in full if if it's in a resaleable condition, um, within thirty days.
0: Thanks for that. So for the tracksuit owner, uh, my suggestion would be to say thank you very much. Take the voucher. Yes. And take unfortunately, the yeah, it is um, possibly the best you're going to get. They are not obliged to offer you any more than that, and in fact, they're not obliged to even offer you that. So. No, they, it they could just say, say sorry, it's it not defective. Yeah. we're not taking it back. Okay. All right. Uh, shall we go to a voice note? Remember that you can send your voice notes on 0725671567. I gather we've had a, co- a few come through that seem to have a common theme around returns. So let's take a listen to one of those.
1: Hi, Pippa and Wendy. I'm just curious to know, um, just in a nutshell, what are our rights as a consumer? What? Um, you could just tell tell us in a nutshell and then also if we need to exercise our rights, um who would we approach um other than going to wendy you of course but um yeah just curious thanks michelle let me just summarize the cpa in uh, two in seconds, seconds no. i yeah. assume she means what are our rights of return which i've just gone through yeah um i just quickly, if there's nothing wrong with the product. If you've bought it in a store, you have zero rights legally, but most stores do offer some form of take back as a customer service. So I would say before you buy, find out what their voluntary uh, refund policies are when it pertaining to non-defective returns because they are they are legally bound to do certain things if it's defective, you've got six months to take it back for your choice of a refund, uh, replacement or repair. Not defective, which is most of the time people want to take things back. Understand that you have no right to anything and whatever they give you is a, is a, is a favor and they get to make the term. So it'll usually be we take it back within 30 days. It must be in a resaleable condition and you must have your TILSIP. All three things very, very um, reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. Um. So you have no right to jump up and down and say the CPA says you have to give me a refund because... That is just not true. If you buy online, however, you have seven a seven-day cooling-off period to change your mind for any reason whatsoever. You don't like the color. You don't have to give a reason either. That's good to know because some mm-hmm. websites will say what or why. You don't have to answer that. They must refund you within 30 days, but they do have – sorry. Yes, they must refund you within 30 days, and they can make you pay for the courier to send it back.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. Nicholas writes to say I bought a screen protector for my phone, but after putting it on, I wasn't happy how it looked on my phone, and wanted to return it to MTN within a day. They advised me they can't take it back once it's been placed on a phone because they can't resell it. Please advise. Absolutely right. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think MTN is in the right. (laughs) (laughs) They are. They're absolutely in the right. And and right. I mean, fair fair is fair. They can't resell it. Why must they take the knock?
1: Because he doesn't like. You had a change of heart. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry that, if that sounds harsh, but I mean, I'm, I'm such a you've got to be fair to both sides. Yeah. And, and if you're buying, if you'd bought, well, you see, it's difficult because even if you'd bought it uh, online and then you, 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 they can't resell it, they can actually deduct an amount to cover the packaging and whatever. You've got to return the item. But if there's nothing wrong with it, they have the right to resell it. Different story if it's defective. But yeah. why should they take a loss because you've changed your mind? They sold you something in good faith. If it's, it's working,
0: you're not just That it, you don't yeah, like the way it's not it looks. It's not to or say it doesn't
1: work. Or, yes. Yeah. Same thing. If you'd bought the wrong size by mistake, they wouldn't have to take it back. And without the packaging and everything else, having already been placed on a phone, this is the question: if you want to, if you want to get to the fairness of the issue, would you want to buy one out of its packaging and having been on someone else's phone? No. Would you want to pay full price for that? No. So what are they supposed it can't to do? It can't be used again. Must they take the loss?
0: Yeah. No, I, oh, Nicholas, I'm afraid to say, I'm Wendy Sorry, on this for Nicholas. once. I cannot believe I'm uttering the words. I think MTN <laughs> has done the right thing they did. in this case. Okay. This is an interesting question. Does the returns policy apply to charity shops? So if you've bought, for example, that where you often will see a product is marked, tested and working. If you've bought it, yes, uh, a second-hand item I'm in a afraid charity shop. I'm to say
1: they're, up, they're running as a business enterprise. Um, one would hope that people... You know, with would understand, and the ultimate, you know, trying to raise money for a, you know, a a charity. Um, You'd hope that. Well, I suppose I shouldn't say you just suffer the loss. You've bought it legitimately. They're running a
0: business; they're not exempt, basically. Okay, so again, it's a six-month return policy. Let's move it. The seven-day return policy that Cash Crusaders was quoting was. Non-compliance. I no, exactly.
1: Yeah. I just want to say one more thing about that sign. Test, what did it say? It's tested and working. Yeah. Now, that's often, you, if you bring something back, they say, but it was working when you sold it. Well, that would make any warranty meaningless. <laughs> it was, worked, was working on the day. The point is you have six months. The, the, the legislators of the, of the CPA wanted to make sure, it will give us the right of full working benefit of a product for at least six months. So if you take something back after a month and say, I'd like a refund or, or exchange because this is not working or repair, mm-hmm. they can't turn around and say, well, then a charity shop's not going to have really the means to repair. But they can't yeah. turn around and say, but it was fine when we sold it to you. That would mean you buy a new car and it goes wrong a month later. Well, it was perfect off the factory floor. Go away. We I mean, that's what warranties are for. Yeah. So I, I just bring that up because I get that a lot when I investigate cases or people come to me and say, I, I took it back, it broke, and I was told wallet was working fine when we sold it to you that is a completely ridiculous argument and it's complete it 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 makes a nonsense
0: of any warranty okay gosh the return and repair questions are coming and in fast and furious wendy it By looks like this ago. is one of the big big issues now okay um, Okay, Rudy writes in to say, I bought a food processor at Macro four days ago. Using it this morning, the blade for grating cheese just disintegrated upon using it. Now Macro is refusing to exchange or refund me. I'm leaving the store now. They say they want to send it for inspection and oh, repair. Thank you. Thank you. Um, important. They are allowed to do that, They're aren't they? They're allowed to do But the frustrating thing, Pippa, is that it doesn't state that in the
1: act. But it was an omission. But nobody has seen fit to actually amend the CPA in many ways that uh, to fix these many many omissions. So clearly, there are cases where consumers cause damage to a product. So it's not a manufacturing defect. It's something that was inadvertently you you, you dropped it. You got it wet. Whatever you and this is a common. You used it in an incorrect. Manner. You took something that was meant for domestic use and you used it in your B&B or your business and you completely overworked it and it's, so you used it contrary to instructions. So although it's not in the CPA, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, the National Consumer Commission all support the fact that the uh, supplier, the retailer is entitled to send it off for technical assessment. There's no um, sort of deadline or no sort of cutoff of how long you can take, but 10 yeah. days is considered… Uh, I've canvassed all the regulators. Ten days is considered fair, and I would go along with that. Unfortunately, you then without the product. But what they can't do, and I don't get too many complaints of this um, nowadays, but I used to in the early days of the CPA, they can't unilaterally then open that product up, see the problem, and decide they're going to repair it for you. If you, so I always say, on the paperwork that ex- that you are given when they take your product away, if it isn't, if you aren't given an opportunity to choose your remedy. You must then proactively write it on the receipt, say, my choice of uh, recourse is a refund or an exchange so that you're not left with this. Come and collect your repaired, uh, what was this, food processor. So an element, a key element of the product, one of the blades disintegrating is clearly a defect. So I get this a lot where people misinterpret. They want and understand me. they want recourse there and then. Yes, the thing. Give me a new one. Give me my money back. They've driven back to the store with it, and they get told, "No, we have to send it away." I think it's it's a combination of the customer not hearing and understanding well, and the service um, consultants in the stores not. Going far enough to explain. Yes, you still have the right of your choice of remedy, but we do send it off just to check to it, assess. To assess, yeah. is it a manufacturing defect or was it misuse of some kind on the part of the consumer?
0: Because if, for example, you were to take um, um, an appliance home and use it for a purpose that is not the purpose for which it was sold, I'm thinking now of. And Rudy, I'm not suggesting for a minute that you did this, but if you had used that blade to try and crush ice, for example, or something like that, you yes, might have example. caused damage to yes. the machine. And I'm not suggesting that you've done so, Rudy. To be very clear, you have the right um, to have that we machine assessed. We don't know <laughs> what happened here, but it is possible to imagine a Absolutely. scenario where a customer did that and they then caused the damage, yeah. and it is not a manufacturing fault, and they're not in that in, that case entirely. And, to I, a and
1: I think putting myself in the position of someone manning a, a customer service desk, we Customers come and bring defective goods. I, I can quite imagine a scenario where they don't say, I'm not justifying it, but I can imagine someone saying, we just need to assess it and see whether it's a defect or something you caused. You can imagine the the, the, the feedback or the response from the customer might not always be, be um a gentle one, you know, I could just imagine people saying, what, why are you accusing me? This is a rubbish product and you're accusing me. So it's a tricky situation. But the point is, I wish that the legislation would be amended because sometimes mm. I've told people this. Yes, they can send it off for assessment and they go, well, where is that in the CPA? I've read it and it's not there. The CPA also, incidentally, doesn't say that you have to have proof of purchase. It's ridiculous. Gosh. It's an oversight, but nobody's corrected it.
0: That's really telling. It is sure. very telling. Okay. I could do a whole show on what
1: is not in the CPA and should be.
0: Okay. Very, very quickly, I think we can squeeze in one last question from Mark who has called us. It takes us onto a completely different topic. Okay. Mark, we've only got about three or four minutes in hand. Thanks for your call. What's on your mind? Uh, I'll be brief. Thank you. I was involved in a motor vehicle accident. Um, the vehicle was towed away and they decided to write it off as scrap. I've been trying to get an offer to purchase it, uh, to, to purchase the salvage but I've been given a runaround by the insurer. Wendy, what can you know about how okay. we can get that? Okay.
1: So, what's the status of your claim then? Have you paid? Have they paid you out for the car?
0: No, they haven't paid out. I've had a quote, a quote by another panel, by another person to have it uh, repaired, and they're busy assessing that with their assessor. In the interim, I'm having to pay storage fees where they've taken it to, and the insurance company and the assessor seem to be stalling.
1: Okay, this would very much depend on what's in your individual uh, policy uh, document around that uh, car insurance, Mark. So I can't definitively sort of state what your rights are in this matter. What I would suggest, is if you want to email me, I'll have a proper look at it and we can maybe come back on a future show. We'll just deal with it off air. But I would like thank to look at it much. properly. Thank you so much. Okay. And when you do write Thanks to me, please you. don't
0: uh, forget your policy number. Okay, so I'll Mark, what you're, you're going to do, thank you, is send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Please put Cape Talk car insurance slash scrap or something like that in the subject line. Helpful. The word scrap will help Wendy keep an eye out for it and recognize that it's the, the story she's expecting. Make sure the details and the policy number are in there. And I hope that Wendy might be able to give you some advice on that one. Okay. Um, all right. A very, very quick one to to finish us off. Uh, somebody asking: Do retail shops have to have their return policy displayed in store or printed on the till slip? They don't. There's
1: nothing that legally requires them to do so. But I have been urging this uh, for many years. I think they have a role of education, which they're not taking up. So, as I say, I would advise um, the. That they separate. This is a right of return in respect of defective goods and uh, non-defective. And even as I say at the top, we, uh, we have no legal obligation to take back goods that are not uh, defective. defective. However, so that people understand that it is a voluntary customer service thing and not yeah. a legal requirement. However, we will take back goods uh, within 30 days, provided they're in a resellable condition and whatever their terms are. So that customers, and you get used to seeing these things. And so it it, um, sort of sinks in because the questions we've got today around this returns issue are ones that I get en masse in my inbox every single day, 12 years after the CPA. So not enough is being done. And I think the stores, which are at the, you know. The coalface. The coalface, that's what I was looking for, uh, where people go to buy and are in their stores and can look at their walls should be getting this information from them and, 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 Letting people understand what their actual rights are,
0: Wendy. Well, thank you for what you do to hammer home the message. Time I feel after like time a stuck record. Time. No, I mean it is in a, in a way. It's frustrating to go. Gosh, we've had this conversation. But I have to. So the many questions times. are the
1: same as they were 12 years ago, the fact that and we, the we have to volume. keep on having
0: it. Yeah. And my line. friends and family
1: ask me these sorts of questions too. And I want to go, hello, <laughs> help me. I want to go to my grave, please, with with the majority of people actually understanding this most basic of it's the it's the bit of the CPA that affects most of us most of the time, I believe.
0: Well, thank you for all the work you do to keep on drilling <laughs> in the detail and we'll keep on doing so. Wendy Nola back with us next week, Wednesday. We'll keep the pricing around biltong uh, the conversation around yes. biltong pricing for next week as well.